0: I think that there is a discussion to be had about when you appear on Fox, or when you don't appear on Fox. I would say that anyone who thinks that Chris Small's appearance on Fox was bad, uh, they have no idea what we're actually up against.
1: The old world is dying. The new world struggles to be born. Now is the time of monsters. With those words from Gramsci, I welcome you to Morbid Symptoms, the podcast of the Time of Monsters newsletter. So, last Friday, Christian Smalls, um, the union leader who uh, won a stunning, led a stunning movement that unionized Amazon. Um, in the United States for the first time um, went on Fox News on the Tucker Carlson show um, to talk about his unionizing uh, efforts and uh, some of the politicians who didn't stand with him and um, his appearance caused a lot of controversy on the left Uh, was he aiding and abetting Carlson was he helping to further an anti-democratic party message Um, and I think there's an issue with both his appearance and also the larger issue you know should people who disagree with the politics of Fox News appear on Fox News. Um, to talk about all that, I'm very happy to have Katie Helper, a uh, uh, broadcaster, uh, not without a few left-wing opinions herself, uh, and uh, who has appeared on Fox and you know, who I've discussed this with before. And I thought the uh, Christian uh, Smalls uh, episode is a good way uh, to um, revisit this conversation. Um, So, uh, just let's start with the particulars. Like, what did you think about the appearance and uh, what were your impressions of uh, what happened?
0: I thought he did a really good job. I mean, I don't know, you, you said he went on to talk about how certain Democrats didn't support them. It seemed to me, I mean, I have no idea what the booking process was like, but it seemed to me the real priority for him was just going on to talk about what had happened with the Union Drive and tell people that it was an ongoing Effort, you know, that Amazon was trying to dispute the uh, the vote, and also that they were doing more organizing. And we saw Tucker Carlson try to kind of bait um, Smalls by bringing up AOC and making it about her. And I mean, I thought that Chris Smalls showed a lot of message discipline. Uh, he just kind of pivoted back to how important this was. You know, he could have scored a lot of points against AOC had he wanted to which would have definitely endeared him to Tucker Carlson and Tucker Carlson's audience. Uh, But he didn't do that. He chose not to do that. And he had a substantive response and just pivoted back to the issues.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a very useful distinction to make on, Uh, I I mean, I think it's pretty clear why Tucker Carlson wanted him on, uh, which is that there's this dispute, you know, um, uh, as to whether AOC, you know, like uh, avoided, uh, uh, me uh, supporting the union uh, and Carlson. I mean, he the way he introduced this uh, the segment was with this picture of a sort of like crazy eyed ALC and right. like you know saying that uh, she's not the uh, Walter Ruther of our moment, but right. uh, you know like uh, betraying. Uh, yeah, exactly. Betraying uh, uh, the uh, the Amazon workers, uh, and that's really the message Carlson wanted. And you're right, Smalls showed amazing sort of message discipline. Of like he knew what he wanted to say, and I have to add just as a side note, like if you ever get a chance to appear on cable news or any of these things, that's what you have to have. You have to have like your three or four points you want to make. Whatever they ask you, you just say what you want. You want to say that's the only way. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only way, and he did that. Um, So, but why? If we're both kind of agreed, you know, like I, I think he did a really great job, and I think it's really good for the Fox News audience to hear. You know that workers are organizing. There, uh, uh, Amazon is behaving badly, uh, and uh, this is a fight that continues. It's a great message. What's the basis of the controversy then?
0: Well, I guess it started with someone at Media Matters tweeting out a screenshot um, with, uh, and then saying that ain't it with uh, this kind of a frustrating. I mean, like, a, yeah, yeah, this isn't it. He wrote uh with a screenshot of uh christian smalls on tucker Carlson show and what the screenshot shows is the Chiron says ny amazon union leader on aoc abandoning them before historic vote which is misleading and it's kind of ironic that andrew lawrence from media matters is trying to portray um uh chris smalls as being duped by tucker carlson or being played by tucker carlson but really andrew lawrence is the one who's tweeting out a Chiron that is misrepresentative of the actual content of the interview. I mean, he's the one who's getting played by Tucker Carlson's uh, like misleading text.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I think that's right. Yeah, and it is, I mean, it is not out of character for Media Matters to perhaps uh, be presenting the worst possible view of a Fox News segment that, you know, uh, caters to their own audience of partisan Democrats. Uh, But I mean, in a way, and like, I have to say, like, you know, when people are arguing about this on Twitter, the you know, the sort of negative feedback uh, I saw with people I engage with, with people who are very partisan Democrats, and they're saying like, you know, well, this is helping Republicans and how does this help Democrats? Uh, And I think, I mean, okay, I'd be very curious to say, well, what do you think about this? But I have to say, like, you know, Chris Smalls is not like a Democratic Party official. Like he's a union leader. Yeah. Uh, as a union leader, you have to try to reach everybody. You actually want, you know, conservative workers to join unions as well as all workers. Uh, but also like in this particular case, I mean, leaving the ALC, issue aside, Democrats have a real problem with Amazon of being complicit with it, that, you know, a big um, uh, Democratic consulting firm that was part of the union busting activities. And, uh, you know, um, Jay Carney, you know, former um, Obama official is like huge at Amazon, huge figure at Amazon. So it's just, uh, uh, you know, like, why he uh smalls should do the job that democrats themselves aren't doing is a, is a mystery to me. I mean, it's incumbent is it on the democrats to build this alliance with labor, not for right. labor to like uh, uh give uh carte blanche uh support for democrats. But uh, what are your yeah. thoughts?
0: Well, so Andrew Lawrence, just for context, Andrew Lawrence is at Media Matters for America mm-hmm. and. Their job is to collect um, media clips and they do very valuable work, I mean I disagree with a lot of their takes, especially on like Twitter, but they do valuable work they collect basic mostly right wing. um, media content and I just it's actually I think worth it to read his thread it's short so yeah this isn't it a lot of people are missing my point so i'll be a little clearer. A little more clear. Tucker Carlson is a hateful bigot and he uses his program every night to spread the, his hateful bigotry. Someone like Smalls appearing on the show only gives Tucker credibility he doesn't deserve. For example, earlier in the same show, Tucker ran a whole segment defending a Twitter account directing harassment towards the LGBTQ, LGBT community. I think it's a mistake to appear on that same show minutes later. Furthermore, spare me the whole quote, unquote, get the message out and quote bullshit. On his best nights, Tucker has 1% of the population tuning in. I'd imagine it's the least likely to be swayed 1% of the population in America. There are more effective, less harmful ways to get the message out. Tucker Carlson is your enemy. And if you don't understand that, you've no idea what, what we're actually up against. So there's a lot to unpack there, but first of all, it's so condescending. Like this guy telling of successful labor organizer who's been smeared by Amazon, who's, um, who's done this without any institutional support, telling him he doesn't get it, but he gets it, and mm-hmm. that Chris is being naive or being duped, like have some uh, humility, or at least pretend to have some humility. That was almost like the worst part of it, that he was just so sure of himself and didn't leave any room for maybe the fact that he didn't get it. Um, I think that what's something that kind of laughable about it is that he's dismisses Tucker Carlson's audience in terms of the of its significance or power, well, if that's true, then why does he do what he does, which is work for something that collects tons of uh, precisely this content, right? He his organization collects clip after clip of Tucker Carlson and other Fox News hosts, which is fine, but that just speaks to this uh, the the strength of this audience, or else why does it matter? Like, if these people didn't have a following, it wouldn't matter. And the idea that like that Chris Smalls has people who will see him on Tucker Carlson and then become Tucker Carlson fans versus Tucker Carlson's huge audience. And Tucker Carlson is, I think the most watched show and uh, he's watched more uh, by Democrats even than MSNBC or CNN is. And this is where I think we see a real inability to to look at power and how power works because these terms about platforming and legitimizing get thrown out around a lot, but to really, platforming someone means you provide them with a platform right so chris not that this person this media matters person used the word platform but i've seen other people use it like chris small shouldn't be platforming tucker carlson tucker carlson is platforming chris smalls by having him on there's no one who doesn't know who tucker carlson is but knows who chris smalls is maybe some major like progressive i don't know maybe some some labor people but in general obviously that's an insignificant number of people the real what, what really happened is that the millions of people who watch Tucker Carlson now have seen Chris Smalls. And what we should also point out is that it's not just what Christian Small said, but Tucker Carlson, and sure, I'm sure it's cynical, he actually said some pro-labor stuff and pro-Amazon uh, union stuff. And so the net effect of this appearance was hearing a very appealing, um, eloquent guest, likable guest, um, say something pro-organizing, uh, pro-worker, and having the host say it too. And it's not like because he went on there, Chris Smalls is co-signing bigotry. If anything, he's infiltrating this audience that will now potentially have a more pro-labor view of things.
1: Yeah, no, no, I think, I, I think that's all very uh, coaching. And I, I do think, um, uh, especially that point about like, you know, Media Matters is all about, the good work that they do is, you know, uh, all about the fact that the right wing media has a lot of power, a lot of sway in America, is in a lot of ways really driving the Republican party. And so if you believe that, then you can't say, well, it's a tiny insignificant audience. And especially Carlson is the most watched cable news show. Uh, And as you mentioned, I mean, like, not just like, um, uh, the audience is not monolithically conservative or Republican, Um, more Democrats watch uh, and more young Democrats of, like you know, uh, the working age population of, like people in their 20s and 30s, watch Tucker Carlson and watch MSNBC or watch CNN. Um, uh, and in fact, if there's any message, it's in some ways like, why do people watch Tucker Carlson? It's uh, uh, partially that he actually deals with some of the stuff whereas like you know something like MSNBC or CNN are like you know like have really are catered towards like that you know demographic of old uh, centrist uh, people I mean just right. uh, uh, the, so so yeah I, I, I think all those points are are well made um uh, but also I mean I really want to emphasize this about like who the labor movement stands for like the purpose of labor unions is to represent workers you want all workers to join unions Uh, and there are a lot of workers out there who are like very conservative either on specific issues or might vote Republican and you know what guess what once they join a union yes. that actually like mitigates that that's one of the few effective ways that we have of turning people from being conservative to be more yeah. liberal is unions and that happened like right. you know from the 30s 40s 50s and 60s uh and in fact it's the kind of unions which has meant that the the major social life uh uh institution that people get their message from is like the evangelical church Uh, that's uh, that's a real problem so like like, 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 if he's getting like you know uh, convincing these uh republicans who are watching fox that unions are good and maybe to join a union like that's a huge victory
0: yeah and another thing is the issue of kind of bigotry and racism right so i think some people some liberals have this idea that you can't organize around class because people are racist when really That's one of the biggest reasons you have to organize around class, because Mm -hmm. that's a way that you can actually get people to organize around an identity that's not bigoted and not racist. And people sometimes think like you can't do organizing or labor organizing because people are are racist or bigoted. It's the reverse like that's I'm not saying that there haven't haven't been racist elements in the labor movement. I'm not saying there haven't been racist unions locals. but. Obviously, one way to get workers or people to identify and see the common interests that they have is precisely around labor. That's one of the things that can help people overcome those divisions. I think it's like the most powerful way to do that, much more than like Robin D'Angelo's White Fragility curriculum.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I I I'd absolutely agree, and I think history actually bears this up yeah. uh, in terms of like you know the American experience in the 20th century and not just the American experience in in many other places. Uh, uh, So I think so but let's just um, uh, to wind this up a little bit just broaden this beyond smalls because there's a broader issue you know when should people who are like either liberals or leftists appear on Fox and I think that in some ways some of the critique has some uh, value because the Fox when it first started, like really did kind of use liberals as punching bags, and they would get the sort of weakest, uh, most like um, uh, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, Hannity and Combs or Ed Combs, you know, it was like like basically liberals were just like you know Walter Mitty types, easy punching bags for yeah. uh, 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 milk toast characters. Uh, so, I mean, like, yeah, if you're not like a strong person who makes uh, strong arguments, then yeah, don't appear on Fox. But I mean, like, that's not Smalls, that's not um, many right. other people. That's not you when you've appeared on Fox. Obviously, you're very, you know, like you don't um, budge or, or grant them. Um, but what are the thoughts? Are, are, are there times where you might think appearing on Fox is a mistake?
0: I mean, I think, this is, I, I think that there is a discussion to be had about when you appear on Fox, or when you don't appear on Fox. I would say that anyone who thinks that Chris Small's appearance on Fox was bad, uh, they have no idea what we're actually up against as Andrew Lawrence put it. So I would say Andrew Lawrence has no idea what we're actually up against. But I do think that there's a conversation to be had. The, the things that you look at are the relationship, like the tone, the relationship between the guest and the, um, post on that appearance um, and whether or not they're going on in an adversarial role. So, I mean, th- I'm not saying this in a self-interested way. I think when I went on, it was a no-brainer because I was going on to defend Ilhan Omar. I went on the Laura Ingram show, I was disagreeing with her, I was pushing back. I think that's easy, that's a no-brainer. I think that like Chris Small's thing is, is close to that in terms of how easy it is to defend it. It's as defensible, but I guess the, the formula for that is person goes on Fox News, makes a pro, makes an affirmative argument that will have a good positive effect on Fox News viewers, doesn't say anything that throws anyone under the bus, doesn't say anything that he wouldn't say, I think on his own, doesn't let Tucker Carlson put words in his mouth.
1: I I wanna move on from Amazon to the issue of foreign policy because I think that's where we have a disagreement in terms of um, appearing on Fox News or on right-wing media in general. And uh, I'll just present my point of view and then get a response from you. Um, So my thinking on this is based on the fact that I think the figures we're talking about, uh, Tucker Carlson is the most obvious name, but I'll also mention Steve Bannon and and Trump himself. Um, I feel that they're playing a kind of shell game that they're presenting themselves as anti-war because anti-war is actually a popular position. That the uh, foreign policy establishment of both parties is like much more committed to hawkish foreign policy than the American people are, and so there's always an audience out there for like skepticism about war, um, and an audience that you know in, um, includes people who are apolitical on the right and on the left. Um, and so Tucker Carlson. Uh, likes to you know present to, um, uh, has anti-imperialist and anti-war voices on as a way of appealing uh, to that audience. and uh, but I mean if you actually look at where Carlson and Bannon and Trump stand, I think that they're not really anti-war. Their actual view is the United States um, has one main enemy, which is China. Which is going to be the you know hegemon of the twenty first century unless it's swatted down, and that the United States needs to draw down uh, out of uh, the Middle East and out of Europe so it can concentrate its resources on China. And uh, you know they're not the only ones who think that. Sure. Way. There's a way in which Biden himself thinks that way, but they're much more aggressive about it. I mean, they, these are people who are really committed towards like a new kind of Cold War with China, and I feel like it's worthwhile. Um, you know uh calling these people out on that and i think too often if one goes on fox news to present an anti-imperialist or anti-war case that you're kind of like allowing tucker carlson to you know burnish his uh facade of being anti-war that facade being a lie i think and then i think so for me that's where the danger is but what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah i mean i think that it's definitely true that people are anti-war for different reasons and there's a more internationalist, anti-imperialism opposition to war and then there's a more racist, isolationist, xenophobic opposition to war. But I guess, I think we need to see this as an opportunity to bring people over to a more leftist um, anti-war position. And I do think that, and we've talked about this earlier, but this really is a part of this discussion uh, is the failure of liberal media so-called left, but it's kind of laughable to call them left, but left media to uh, platform any anti-war voices or anti-war positions on their shows. And one example of that is something with like the no-fly zone or just uh, escalating the war in Ukraine. And did we talk about this mashup that uh, at The Intercept that Intercept put together where it's just journalist after journalist asking about a no-fly zone, asking about arming Ukraine, um, about whether they're doing enough. And then Ryan Grimm is the lone voice who actually asked a question about empowering um, Zelensky to negotiate through diplomacy. And it's like, oh, there's this thing called diplomacy. Like literally no one else in the room even thought of a question about that, and Ryan Grimm did. So hats off to Ryan for that. But I think that it's just so shameful that you get one voice uh in unison on networks ranging from msnbc to cnn and it doesn't this doesn't make fox uh noble it makes the msnbc cnn abc cbs all those that much more uh shameful and that much more kind of engaged in i think media malpractice so i think that this the sad thing is i mean i think it's a good opportunity if you can reach a huge audience and make a case against a no-fly zone I think that it's, it's so important to do that, and it's so immediate and urgent to do that, that I think it's worth it. And then you can also try to make a larger anti-war um, message while you're on the show. But I do kind of see it justifiable, again, in large part because there's no other opportunities to do it, um, to, to do so because we are, I mean, not to be dramatic, but the, things are really scary
1: yeah, no, no, absolutely. Things are scary. And I think I, absolutely the voices we need to get the message out that you know, like escalation isn't the only path. There is yeah. a thing called diplomacy. Uh, World and War Three, tough, three tough, is possible. Yeah, and some of the stuff people are advocating, like a no-fly zone, um, it, it is very uh, dangerous. And it's it's a very striking thing that the the position of the mainstream media is um, almost uniformly hawkish and yeah. more hawkish than like you know the actual. Washington foreign policy establishment. This right, is right, or the or we, the military. Yeah, where the Most, Biden is right. being backed on, uh, and the Pentagon is like you know like withdrawal from Afghanistan and right. you know like um, uh, willing to like uh, escalate uh, towards a direct NATO Russia confrontation. So yeah, no, I mean I I take the point. that's important to get these messages out. I I just worry like in in the context of this media um, ecosystem, you know who are you empowering? And why and I, I guess um,
0: I think that, like a leftist going on Tucker Carlson doesn't empower Tucker Carlson right like Tucker Carlson already has a huge, huge audience huge ratings is watched by democrats right, so I mean maybe it's, I think the stronger. Argument is like legitimizing him, but again, I don't necessarily think that happens. But I think that that's the stronger argument than empowering, because I think he has so much power already. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Not empowering, but in, in sort of like uh, yeah, giving legitimacy towards his self-presentation as yeah. as being anti-war, which which I think is, is false. And I think you know, I mean, it is a huge problem and a huge failure. Part of my thinking on all this is it was influenced by the experience of the nineteen nineties and the early. 2000s with the war on terror, where you know during that period, the one person on CNN and and MSNBC MSNBC who was speaking out against uh, first against NAFTA and then against the um, Iraq War was Pat Buchanan, and and I think that it's not uh, not
0: Nazi sympathize I mean, it's not exaggeration, right, to say he was a Nazi. No, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like you know, someone who's uh, you know, was providing even like Holocaust denial arguments. Yeah, uh, on behalf but of I the would government. still talk
0: to his audience. I mean, I guess that I would do that uh, because I think it's so important to reach people. And I think you do have to make strategic decisions. Like if I had the chance to, I don't know what I would do, but if I had a chance to speak at, what I like speak at a Papu Cannon? If I had the chance to speak at a Papu Buchanan thing, I would take it, I would make my anti-war point, and then I would also say how ridiculous it is to uh, deny the Holocaust.
1: But uh... Yeah, no, but it's a tricky thing because I think that in some ways, I think I think again the 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 guilt of the mainstream media is notable. I mean, I think the right. wing of the Republican Party was able to take off precisely because they were the only ones who were permitted to speak on these issues, and therefore yeah. they you know they gained attraction and and here we are, you know, like so so I do think these are difficult issues. I I, I think this is an area where we're going to have to agree to disagree. But yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, our our positions. Uh, I feel like fair enough.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. And we don't even seem to disagree that much, but I think it's, it's not to sound like a cop-out. It's complicated. And I think the left really has to do a better job of uh, tapping into the anti-war movement and making it as progressive as possible without alienating people off the bat. I mean, this is, this is another question. It's always about how, who you incorporate, who you ally yourself with. Um, But I do think that it's such a pressing issue that we have to try to reach as large an audience as possible and also bring people over so that they' they realize that this isn't about not caring about brown people abroad or something that it's about you know a world that a peaceful world and a world where there's negotiation helps everyone and kind of pushing back against this um, zero-sum game of xenophobia and competition
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that really yeah. is on the left to do
1: yeah, no, no, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a huge kind of challenge. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think we are in, you know, broad agreement on a lot of points, right? I think there's these kind of like tactical issues, which yeah. people are going to have to face, like, you know, almost on a case by case. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. All right,
0: great. Thanks.